0: Hello and welcome, everyone. This is Molly Rowan-Leach, and I've been your host this week for Justice Week uh, for the Summer of Peace Summit. We've had an incredible week of some brilliant dialogue and sharings and um, some profound insights as to what this story of justice and its, its transformation that is happening right under our noses here, in our world, and especially in the Western world. We've had Arun Gandhi, we've had Dominic Barter of uh, Restorative Circles, Libby Hoffman and John Cocker of Famble Talk. We've had uh, some just incredible insights with Kenny Johnson yesterday, who is a former inmate and author of The Last Hustle. And we've been noticing the common threads of of, uh, vulnerability, a need to be heard, and uh, listening, and many other aspects of the justice conversation that are supporting a transformation. Again, right under our noses. Today's session is called "Peace in the Middle East." Excuse me, <laughs> "Peace in the Middle of the Storm." Inner City Gang rebuilding peace with nonviolence. And in just a moment, I will be introducing our very special guest, Demaria Perry. But just a few notes about uh, this week's recordings, and furthermore, the the entire summer of peace recordings. You can access those for 48 hours after the actual event, and then after that, you have the wonderful opportunity to opt in for the entire summer sessions. This this is including um, people like Alice Walker and just a whole gamut of uh, beautiful way showers in the fields of peace building and social healing. So I encourage you to check that out. And for today's call, we'll be fielding webcast questions throughout the time that we're together. And we'll also be taking live questions at around the quarter of the hour. And to do that, you can press star 2 on your keypad. At the end of the call, as we've done all week, we have our guest speaker share what what is called making it real. And this is simply an invitation and a thought that they um, provide us to bring with us after this call is over into our daily lives. So without further ado, it's as always a great honor. ...to be hosting um, such extraordinary people, and given that today's focus is on youth justice, and again, peace in the middle of the storm, it's an honor to welcome Demaria Perry, and I just want to tell you a little bit about him, if you don't already know about his background. Um, he, He belongs to numerous youth organizations and is a strong young voice on the Watts Neighborhood Council. He says in a couple of years, he'd like to run for city council in the 15th district, Janice Hahn's district. He believes that Hahn needs to show up more. He says our residents would do better if they saw their local politicians around, noting he sees more of council members Ludlow and Antonio Villagrosa Villa than his local representatives. He says, when I'm elected, whenever I'm not at City Hall, I'll be here. For the last decade, Los Angeles has used gang injunctions to keep known members of gangs, like the Bloods and Crips, from congregating or creating a community nuisance. So basically, this we're talking about a, a youth who has provided, since he was 14 years old, solutions to some of the most uh, difficult questions and issues and violence within this neighborhood and beyond. And so, Demaria, it's just an honor to welcome you, and maybe we could start out a little bit today here with you sharing uh, about your journey and your path and any insights that you'd like to share. Welcome, Demaria. Okay.
1: Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Demaria Perry. And I come from the uh, housing development, uh, which is named Nicholson Garden. Um, growing up in Nicholson has been a struggle. It hasn't been easy. Day-to-day, you know, it has been uh, horrific, but slight, I want to say, a war zone uh, dealing with the uh, gangs and the uh, gang, gang culture. In uh, L.A., period. You know, uh, at the age of 15, I lost a uh, godbrother who was shot and killed on the 111th and was at Central. And that kind of changed my life to want to do more and help, you know, bring healing and peace back into the community. You know, I lost cousins due to gang violence. I have lost friends, uh... Literally next to me, walking, and we were shot at. And uh, one of my closest friends was gunned down uh, in my parking lot. Needless to say, you know, seeing such bloodshed and senseless violence, you know, has played a, you know, instrumental role in me wanting to change and wanting to be positive and wanting to keep the peace between not only Crips and Blood, between Blood and Blood to Crips and Crips. Um, it's, 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 it's a lot that plays a, a role in sustaining the peace. You know, you have, you know, your religious belief, but also you have what's in your heart. You know, uh, love and peace isn't common, you know, in households, uh, in inner cities today when we deal with a lot of ignorant acts and you know, ignorant acts of violence, you know. Uh, how, how do we, how do we get back to the love and the peace in the nonviolence? You know, and that's what I kind of ask myself every day, you know, since I was about uh, roughly 16, you know, how can I keep the peace, you know, how can I love, you know, and and try to transform myself in order to transform a community. You know, it, it's like a step-by-step process um, that I had to do for myself, and, you know, although my brothers and uh, elder siblings took part in gangs, you know, when they see me blossom, they kind of... Shied away from the gang culture, you know, and you know it's a blessing for you know your immediate family not to resort and not to uh, be involved in the ignorant acts of the violence, you know. Uh, I, I roughly, you know, after uh, one of my closest friends was killed, you know, I had to take another step to do do something, you know, do be that 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 beacon of hope. In which I uh, linked up with LAPD and linked up with the mayor's office and other city council uh, members and formed different programs to bridge the gap. Uh, I was one of the youngest uh, uh, kids out there, you know, trying to keep the peace, peace while attending school and you know uh, working a part time after school. But you know, it had it had to be done. And here today, you know, we we, we have been strict from, you know, city funding or, you know, uh, fundraising is, is kind of the bloodshed, you know, has ripple effects, and it's kind of it's haywire in what now. You know, we, we've uh, tried to um, outreach, you know, we tried to uh, go to a local government and say, hey, you know, uh, bring in peace, you know, to communities. for First of all, you know, residents have to be safe. City workers have to be safe. You know, and county employees have to be safe. You know, and, and if you if you can't walk within you know uh, into your, your doorstep and be at peace, you know, knowing that you know you, you don't have to worry about getting robbed, or you don't have to worry about getting shot, or you don't worry have, have people congregating in front of your front door, you know, shooting dice and causing a a, a non peaceful environment. You know, we're all held hostage to to uh, to, to the gang culture. And, you know, that, that's that been a, a, a kind of a, uh, a due process to get, you know, the government and getting, you know, politicians to understand, you know, that this is a part of life, unfortunately, but we have to do something about it. And and, and my belief is you, even if you've been incarcerated or you were the former gang member, you know, you, you have to transform your heart. You have to be loving you know you have to have that core love you know that you can share that that's that, that like unconditional love you know within yourself so you can transfer be able to outreach and transform the world you know growing, growing up and watch you know uh, I I, sh- I shy away now from talking about um, the the neighborhood because it, it, it brings tears it brings sadness you know but you know it's 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 not only me that saw this, you know, it's not only me that been through this, and, you know, I have two children now that, you know, I kind of um, raised, and, you know, and by myself as a single parent, and it's – I'm I'm blessed enough that they haven't seen what I've seen and we're kind of out of the the, the neighborhood. However, you know, there still can be a fall victim to, you know, the culture because it's everywhere – you know the gangs has taken over uh, the streets. You know gangs has taken over LA, uh, Minnesota, Chicago. You know, and it seems to me that you know we haven't really found that key solution to restore peace and love. You know, in back in our community. Back in the day, I used to hear stories that you know when when, when gangs first formed, it it wasn't about the color. You know, it was about a safe like a neighborhood watch. What happened? Uh, during that time, you know, I really haven't dissected, and really got to the key. But it seemed like when the love left the home, when the mother became abused, when the the kid became, you know, uh, uh, a bias, or the kid became distraught, you know, it it, it sends a wave of of of, of murder, you know, uh, and it's it's kind of it's sad, you know. I had a conversation with a kid. Uh, from uh, the Nickerson's uh, last week, you know, and he said, you know, I I needed a positive role model. He said, uh, Demari, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of coming home and, you know, there's nothing to eat. You know, I'm tired of coming home and I have to fight my way, you know, just to go to school. You know, he said, I'm tired of just, you know, being a part of nothing. You know, I said, the homies are cool, but I'm tired of being, you know, involved Mm -hmm. in in the gang life, you know. And, And my thing is, now, how do we bring about, Love, if if love is not in a household, you know, and that's and, and gangs, seems to me the formula now is it, is family generated. You know, it's not if people not court kids on to gangs. You know, it's, it's it starts in the in home. You know, and you know we uh and, and for years, you know, I, I've been you know trying to trying to bring services and bring programs to the kids who want to opt out of that lifestyle. You know, and, but it seems to me that, you know, as, as a ground soldier, you know, it's had to take people who care and people who have love and peace in their heart to really change this game culture into a positive solution. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Samaria. And uh, can just take a moment here um, while you're switching to your landline. Uh, I'd like to make a few quick announcements uh, about some events that you have upcoming. Uh, There's going to be, on November 29th, you're hosting uh, a Giving Back to the Community, which is at the Lush Lounge in Long Beach, and it's a fundraiser event. So if you're in that area or if you know of somebody that's in that area, by all means get out there for that on November 29th. And then also I'd really like to strongly encourage those of you who may not be aware of the film What's Up, uh, to check that out. The, uh, that's a film that features some of Damaria's work. And so finally, um, I'd also just like to remind everyone again who's just joining us that we are talking with Damaria Perry. And uh, this this session today is about youth justice, and it's called Peace in the Middle of the Storm. And I'm really happy to also announce that we have a special co-host today with us, James O'Dee. And James is, uh, the, he's very recently published a best-selling book called Cultivating Peace, Becoming a 21st Century Peace Ambassador. James is uh, a scholar. He has a deep heart and, and a powerful intellect. He's done social healing and peace-building work all over the world, And I know that James has some familiarity and and colleagueship with DeMaria, so we thought it might be fun to have a little co-hosting. So welcome, James.
2: Well, thank you, Molly. And (laughs) do we still have DeMaria with us, or is he? Yeah. Hey, DeMaria, how are you?
1: How are you, Jay?
2: It's so good to be with you. You know, we, as you remember, first met through Deedon Gills and Belvi Rooks, and uh, I first met you in Bali at a yeah. wonderful conference with Desmond Tutu and healing, you know, the, the conference on healing global wounds. And I remember so vividly, I think you were, what, 17 then? But, uh, yeah. But your, your sense of destiny and life purpose was so clear to me and to everyone who had contact with you and I remember I wonder if you would share with us you talked about some of your work on the streets that you you know you engaged on the streets in terms of uh, violent activities and it and became known by the wasn't it the chief of police who uh, you actually had his number and there was one incident that was going on where a policeman was bullying a, a younger person and he was kind of pushing you aside until you said, well, just a minute, I'm going to call the chief of police. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you remind us about that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was a, a teen and I actually built a, a bridge between LAPD and the, uh, when Chief Bratton and the Chief Pacinger, you know, he was a deputy assistant chief, and Bill Bratton was actually chief police, that I had their direct, you know, cell phone numbers. And uh, we built a strong rapport where when, you know, officers actually was harassing or physically, you know, uh, uh, beating a, uh, somebody, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, the watch commander or uh, sergeant at the time, they will kind of shy off. So, you know, it was one incident where, you know the uh, incident was taking place, and you know I I went to the officer and we uh, asked him why did they do you know to act. They became hostile and you know called for backup. And I immediately got on the phone. and I called the chief and you know told the chief what, what was going on. You know and then I actually uh, sent him a text. And within well, you know it, you know you had uh, uh, the deputy chief from the uh, 77 in Operation Software, you know, on the scene within minutes, you know, so uh, that got resolved, and, you know, the officers were so kind of shocked that this young kid can, you know, uh, go to their superiors and, you know, kind of get them to do their job and act accordingly, you know, as peace officers are supposed to act, you know, so that was a, a step, you know, into actually building a, uh, a program within LAPD called Brother to Brother, and it's still ongoing now, and you know the relationship between the communities is kind of improving. However, you still have those few bad seeds that's you know not cooperative. So, you know the brother brother program is still going. You know the deputy chiefs and you know Chief Hara and, and pacing they're all kind of for the program. We meet you know twice a month and you know it's, it's been good. You know since uh, about it's been good for about seven years now.
2: Great. And um, so now you're you've been completing your education in some ways and and beginning to build your political profile. What do you think you can achieve by sort of going into formal politics?
1: Uh, I, I believe if if I stand on the right platform and I you know do as I continue to do, I think we I can be a negotiator, you know, or some type of, 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 of leadership that can bring, you know, the correct service and peace between, you know, different communities or even different, you know, politicians. You know, I'm always the, the middle person between political battles within Compton. You know, when we had an incident with the mayor and city council members, you know, we, I kind of see that through, you know, peace building, you know, uh, techniques and, you know, like, like 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 I tell you that there, there's there there's no there's no oddball. You know, when you have to deal with peace. You know, uh, we deal with it on a, on a daily basis. You know, and to me, you know, I actually ran for school board back in 2008, the Lone East Community College District. I came in third place with uh, with believe it was like 1,400 votes. You know, I was uh with 20 at the time. And uh, I just actually finished my bachelor's program a few years ago. And, you know, I'm uh, looking to run for office pretty soon to, um, I don't know if it will be school board or not, but it's going to be uh, within education.
0: Mm. So Demaria, I just want, Demaria, excuse me for my mispronunciation there. I just want to honor and acknowledge um, the power of of who you are as as a, a bridge builder and to earmark that, that the bridge building process seems to be another one of those common themes that I, I was uh, touching on earlier in the call um, that we've been discovering this week. And it's an extraordinary to see all the action that's happening on the ground, grassroots organizations, um, individuals, uh, opening doors to existing systems. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could... Could kind of loop back around and give us an idea of how you got in the door in the first place, like way back whenever okay. that was. How how did you get yeah. the cell phone number of the chief of police and <laughs> how, <laughs> and and what you know? How do you? What would you recommend to people who are working on the ground in their communities, scratching their heads, saying, "Well, we know that we can't uh, isolate ourselves from the existing system. We need to work together."
1: So how do we right. do that? Right. Well, uh, w- one thing I'll, I'll like to share is with with everyone that you know I, I don't do this because I get paid. It's a non-paid position. We're doing what's right, and we're doing from your heart. That what I established from from day one. You know, uh, it, it's a loyalty thing that you have to have for your the people. Period. You know, if you love the world, you love the people in it. You have to kind of say, you know, well. Some so if, if, if no one do it then who's gonna do it? You know, and, and and at the the age where I was at, you know, fourteen, you know, I, I done seen like I say, so many people fall victim to the streets, but he had no one really standing up and saying, Hey, enough is enough you know, and I kinda built a report with Congresswoman Maxine Waters who is uh who took me under her wing and, you know, she helped me along my journey, you know, she helped me along college, you know, she helped me uh when times got hard, you know, and uh, she's the one who basically gave me my foot in the door to, you know, uh, stand up, you know, be a young gentleman, you know, be a man and really do what you believe in regardless of what sacrifices you have to make, you know, and uh, I kind of, you know, followed her footsteps, and, you know, we talk, you know, every other week still to today, you know, when she's in town, you know, I'll, I'll go and ride with her to events, and you know, just see uh, what I can do. You know, on, on the community, on the grassroots level, to uh, see some of the peace. You know, when 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 uh, we have situations rises where you know it's out of control. You know, she's one of the first uh, people who I phone. You know, either she's a Washington or wherever she is, she's always responds, and you know, we kind of get you know resources and. The proper city department, or county department, to respond to what we need to do. Um, I, I'm know people in, in, various, you know, from DCFS to to uh, LAPD. You know, we I have the the general manager, the manager, directors. We all, you know, kind of work together, and you know, I, I do this, you know, on my time, which is, you know, uh, a sacrifice I made, you know, personally as a father, you know, because I as many nights where I want to be, you know, somewhere with my kids, but I know there's a kid out there that don't have a father or have a mother that's trying to get out of the situation. So that what kind of motivated me, you know, even more when I had, you know, my my first kid back in 2006, you know, to uh, really, hey, you know, fatherhood is a, is a different avenue, but, you know, I know plenty of people and kids that I walk to, you know, and feed, you know, and give them uh, a... a burgers and stuff, you know, that, that's hungry, you know, and it's it's like, you know, you have to do, you know, what's right, you know, if you believe in, in, mm-hmm. in God or if you believe, wherever you believe, you know, it's, it's a moral, you know, obligation, you know, to do what's mm-hmm. right, you know, and do what you feel from the heart.
2: Mm-hmm. And how do you keep your sense of hope and, you know, that sense of optimism and hope Particularly, I'd also like to hear what your sense of the political scene is now. It seems to be getting more polarized, but uh, you know, are there things developing positively in L.A. That, you, that keep you hopeful, or is that a challenge?
1: Uh Yeah, it, it's what, what keeps me driven is, you know, I think it's Christ as possible. You know, I'm a very spiritual person, and, you know, uh, although, you know, you you have people in elected positions who don't have the people, you know, as we say, we the people, you know, at heart and at, at interest, you know, that's always a challenge. You know, on, on the national, you know, you have, you know, Mitt Rodney and you have President Obama. You know, however, you know some of the core issues I think both candidates is, is out of touch with. You know, although you know President Obama has really been instrumental in bringing a vibrant, you know, economic, you know, uh, uh, economy back, you know, the vibrant. But you know, he they they haven't touched this issue that we're talking about today. You know, you you can have a a, a productive transportation system if you have you know people. Lingering on the bus stops on the rail, you know, platforms harassing people, you know, and and gangbanging, you know, and even in the L.A. County area, you know, when we read the reports, you know, you have about a seventy-three percent, you know, attacks, you know, robberies, you know, going on, you know. Then you have, it's it's just you know an ongoing thing. So you know, I think that you know several letters that I wrote to the Obama administration that no one hasn't you know, responding to, you know, and uh, I'm thinking about planning to, you know, uh, go down and try to meet with uh, the the Department of Defense, you know, and meet with uh, the Attorney General to see what really can we be done and what type of grants or, you know, programs they can offer to kind of sustain, you know, uh, bring in peace, you know, sustain a peaceful uh, program that, you know, do the gang intervention and do, The the bridge gap, you know, in a brother brother program that we can really, you know, shine and and, and get, you know, people to where they need to go and need to do to play a role, you know, uh, in the peace uh. Mm making. And do you
2: find
1: you have support in the international youth community? I
2: can hear you, Jay. Uh, Do you find you have support in the international youth community? Yeah, I, I do, you know,
1: I uh, I uh, I could very well say yes. Um uh the the organization that I've linked up with and he yeah, actually try to outreach to, you know, they have kinda of been supportive, but you know, like I say, we still haven't, you know, well I haven't uh put together a platform that, you know, I would like to see and pitch it to uh a few people, you know, so we can kinda of work together and see how can we, you know, come up with some solutions to really, you know, define, you know, what is, what is, you know, I got to say, every in every city, you know, the gang culture is different, you know, from the Bay to L.A. to Chicago, you know, Chicago you have more of a of a street based, you know, territorial thing, you know, in L.A. you have a more of a sub community, you know, street gangs, and you know, in the Bay it's just, you know, murder on on the block, you know, and it's, it's, you know it's, it's a challenge how do we fix that you know like I said I, I can be be a victim you know any time by going into these these communities and try to resolve you know situation actually I want to piggyback on, on this you know I've been held at gunpoint plenty of times you know uh, due to people who don't want to see the community change you know to see the the game problems cease you know uh, back it was about three Three years ago, that I was in Neguson Gardens, and you know, uh, they was talking about this redevelopment issue, and they was talking about where you know to displace people and send them out to different communities. But you know, uh, the, the the Muslim, the Nation of Islam, had came in, and people thought that I was a part of their organization, and uh, I was held at gunpoint, you know, and uh, it was it was a scary situation. You know, I thought I was going to die. You know, but I had to beg and plead, you know, for, you know, my life, and to uh, basically tell the folks, you know, I'm not with the Nation of Islam. That, you know, even though they was pushing peace, you know, uh, I was the unfortunate one to get, you know, held at gunpoint. And, you know, anybody who's doing this work, you know, is a potential threat, you know, to gangs because you 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 basically want the 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 violence and the uh, the the ignorant acts to stop, you know.
0: Mm. I, I have a question for you, Demaria, about that, um, kind of on that note uh, that James asks about the the support internationally from youth, and I'm wondering um, what kind of connections have you made uh, in other communities, uh, perhaps just here in, in the United States or even beyond, that might provide a sense of, of community for for the common work that you might be doing, and in particular, I think about uh, the Interrupters up in um, in Chicago, and I wonder if um, I'm guessing you've probably seen that film and and probably are familiar with the the Interrupters' work up there. Um, can you speak a little bit to that and to to any sense of of uh, Collaborative work that you might be doing or in in systemic ways, or just in in supporting each other.
1: Okay. Well, I, I haven't actually seen the video, and I, I'm unfamiliar with with the, the group. However, I um, um been dealing with a number of agencies back in Chicago who's actually doing peace work. Um, we we I was actually trying to wait until we got this uh, fundraiser event, you know, off the ground, so you know we could bring something to the table, and you know we we can have something solid, you know, to start from, you know. Um, as in peace mechanism, we I haven't um, had the time to uh, get a legitimate platform to you know to to bring to different community because I say I haven't assessed the communities and actually seeing from all own eyes, you know, what we need to, to to address, you know, like I say, each each gang, uh each gang and each community is different. You know, uh the way I will approach a, a gang problem or a gang, you know, uh situation in LA I won't do County a mm-hmm. long Beach. You know, it, it's different politics and, and the street gangs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and most most people who now who's running gangs are about the age of twenty five to thirty. You know, some so even younger, you know, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's different approaches, you know, it's, it's different, you mm-hmm. know, uh, conversation that, you know, I need to have and, you know, and, and kind of assess what's going on and, and who's, who's what and who's played a role in, in each game, you know. Um any common
0: elements? excuse me, well, Samaria. I was just well, curious well, to know well, if, if there's any common elements in, in working you know given that of course there's going to be a unique flavor and aspect to to any situation that we're working with in, in conflicts um, but are, do, have you discovered some common elements in your peace building toolkit um, in your nonviolent practices that uh, seem yeah, to well, possibly apply
1: yeah well the, the 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 things are are common you know in the situations you know poverty, you know uh, uh, Lack of employment, you know, and and each in each situation, people don't have nothing to replace the the the, the hustle game with, you know. Um, majority of people who are street games are drug dealers, you know, and that's how they make their living. That's how they control the neighborhood, you know, and that's how they sustain their their families, you know. But you know, we they don't have nothing to replace it with because you, either you have a record, you know, or you. You're just afraid of you know learning how to, to to kind of ma- pursue pursue your goals through education. You know, so it's, it's a lot of people who can't read you know right, but you know if if they had something to replace it with, you know we wouldn't have so many many people who sell drugs. You know we wouldn't have a, a big of a game pop. You know if you had something to replace the the hustle game, you know per se, you know the drug dealing with. And That's the kind of Common thing, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know, I kind of figure it out because, you know, uh, each each day, you know, you, you have a person who opened up a different house or, you know, sell it on the corner. And, you know, it's, it's not too many cops to patrol and it's not too many cops that tease everything. But, of course, they seize and they, they find out, you know, different locations. They, you know, uh, arrest, you know, a few people. But the same day, you have the same location even in, in L.A., you know that we open up and you know you have that different person and it's it's just you just going to continue.
0: Hmm. And I'd like to, to just take a moment to pause and again welcome everyone if you're arriving late. We're talking with Demaria Perry, uh, and this this conversation is centered around youth justice and um, nonviolent peace building tools that he's been practicing and, and mobilizing in his own community um, since uh, you said you were 14 when you started this work, right? Yes, That's amazing..
1: That's
0: um, and so I'd just like to encourage everybody that's on the webcast. If you do have a question that you'd like to submit, um, please go ahead and do so. and I'm going to answer a couple of them here momentarily. I just wonder, James, do you have anything you'd like to add or, or ask? I uh, just
2: um, uh, I wanted to ask a quick question. Tamari uh, as, as you know, I've had a connection with Aquila Shirelles for some years, and he's done similar work to you, and he's been one of the people we bring on to our Peace Ambassador training on the SHIFT Network. And he also said that it was really kind of a spiritual opening in his own life that gave him the strength to do this incredible frontline work that you also do, and you, you mentioned a minute ago that you were a spiritually inspired person. Do you, Is there anything you want to share with us or can share with us about that spiritual dimension? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, in
1: a uh, ministerial school to become a, a, a minister. And, you know, I, I found it early on that, you know, without God, you know, he... You you really you not not going out on faith you know you you really have nothing to lean on you know as a being a spiritual being you know I think you know all things are done through Christ in a higher power you know um, I was I was kind of um, raised you know by a, a spiritually inclined family you know my family runs a a church you know we built back you know about they built about 50 years ago for my great-granddad uh, uh, and watch, you know, and uh, unfortunately when when we had family battles and family issues, you know, people went their separate ways, and that's where we kind of, you know, my own personal family went to the, you know, wayside and got actually deeper deeper into the street games, you know, because, you know, they had nothing else tangible to tangible to lean on, you know, when, you're lifted and I'm lifted with the spirit, you know, and filled, you know, with the Holy Ghost, you know, you can actually do much more. You can feel better, you know, and just having that faith, you know, and holding on to God and changing hand, you know, you, you really, you know, block out, you know, your hurt, your pain, you know, your struggle, and you kind of go head on to whatever talent you have. And, you know, like I say, you know, and that's what my, my heart and my love is driven, you know, like I say, there's plenty, plenty of, of days where I go without, you know, and I have to, you know, find a new job and do this because, you know, my heart is in this work, you know, I go, I don't get paid for my work, you know, it's sacrifices and, you know, God has been good, you know, he's been, you know, keeps me above water, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, you know, have a, have a home, you know, I'm blessed to have food, you know, and. You know, and I'm, I'm just uh, living for the Lord and working for the Lord, and I just thank God that I'm able to be, you know, some type of, of mechanism to change, you know, this world and change the community that definitely need, you know, the, the stability, you know, of peace. Mm,
0: thank you. It reminds me so much, too, Demaria, of what uh, Kenny was sharing yesterday Um, He was uh, incarcerated for over 20 years and Mm -hmm. um, was sharing with us yesterday the power of, even within the prison itself, uh, having uh, his spiritual practice and awakening. He was describing his Uh awakening. Um, He was a gangbanger and a um, a hustler, and he's very Mm -hmm. brilliant in his sharing of his own vulnerability um, in his book, The Last Hustle, and, and really points to um, the metaphor of prison and the, the reality that uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what the physical structures are, that, that but, prison can be, you know, can be a free person, so to speak, as well. And so what, what he, was, he was so inspiring, and so are you, in sharing the liberation uh, of, of having that deep wellspring of connection that carries us, and, and it's not uncommon for people who go out and do this kind of work to be carried in that way, um, right. whether they're, they're outwardly sharing about it deeply or not. Um, I'd like to take a, a question from the webcast. Um, this is from Andrew, and he asks, do you think people should all form community councils with their neighbors and regularly participate in deciding how their neighborhoods and towns function? When should they start this process is now a good time yes,
3: like I think comment every, on
1: that. yeah I think every every community should have some type of uh, neighborhood or neighborhood council that they can be involved in their uh local government you know either it's chartered you know or incorporated you know uh being involved in local government you really have an Opportunity to tackle the issue that lies within your own community. You know, it it it, it, it takes it takes the federal government and state. You know, uh, too much time to 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 get to the, the core issues uh, that need to be to be kind of uh, tackled. You know, and uh, yeah, I think I really encourage everyone to go to the city councils or go to city the mayor's office and, and demand that they kind of incorporate city council, chart city councils, you know, and within the towns of our communities because it, it's really vital and it really can help, you know, change. And it actually can can be that, that, that next step to, you know, ceasing the gang culture and bringing peace back, you know, uh, to the communities.
0: Hmm. I'd just like to invite everyone who's dialing in or Skyping in, too, to go ahead and press two, uh, star 2 on your keypad if you'd like to ask a live question or make a comment today. I'll start fielding those here shortly. And uh, so, Damaria, I just want to acknowledge that um, given that we're wrapping up Justice Week here, and we opened on Monday with Arun Gandhi, of course, uh, the grandson of of, uh, Mahatma, and a part of our conversation on Monday was uh, focused on a model in our world that is existing in a youth juvenile system um, in New Zealand. And uh, they, they actually utilize a conferencing system as an alternative to prison. And uh, what happens there is, is the perpetrator, the victim, uh, a member from the um, law enforcement community, and members of each of the respective families, if if appropriate, come to this process. And they have the ability to, it, it, it's based on consensus, What what is agreed upon together to solve um, or to move towards restoration, to, to move towards atonement, and to um, balance the equation. And we know that, of course, these things can't be forced, but um, it cultivates the seeds in a different way than than simply sending uh, someone off to prison and punishing them. Can Can you speak to what you think about the possibility of deepening restorative practices even in the midst of, of very violent neighborhoods and communities? Do you think there's there's oh, a possibility? Yeah. And, oh, great.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's a possibility to... Uh, rehabilitate someone without, you know, locking them up, put them in chains and send them on the bus to a prison, you know, even to a juvenile center, you know. that the, the, the thing is not much so what what the prison is. What are they doing to rehabilitate the people inside the prison or inside the UCAP? You know, and are they teaching them to, to just not be violent? You know, how, how are they teaching them? You know, what are the practices? You know, what are the... The, the the spiritual beliefs do they offer? You know how are the the police officers and guards treat the the inmates? You know and and that's kind of of what we it's kind of unknown because you know I've never been in prison you know so I can't speak to what goes on inside the prison but from what you know I'm told that people get beaten you know people you know uh, they took away the educational aspect you know they're you know you, you're out there on wreck and you know you're based inside of a cell you know that there's no No kind of rehabilitative state, you know, um, kind of a a programs that you know they're giving people to consider, you know. And I and I I think you know if if you want to rehabilitate someone, you have to start with the problem. Second, you have to replace the problem with you know uh, some Mm -hmm. some type of uh, of of hope that you have to give somebody to look forward to, you know. While in there, and once they get out, and second, what is the follow up? You know, are you guys uh, Mm -hmm. providing with you know, uh, uh, di- different. You know, a uh, material to uh, gain employment. You know, you take them to a, a a church so they can learn about you know their belief. You know, are you supporting that inmate? You know, when they get out, you know, while they're there to kind of overcome the 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 issue that they've been dealing with. You know, for all these years. You know, is, anybody can just sit up in a prison and and, and work out and get buffed, But you know, what do they have to look forward to? to really rehabilitate themselves while they're in there and on their way out, you know. And I think, you know, the the, the education component needs to come back, you know, they be, should be able to go to school, you know, and and obtain degrees, you know. So when they come out, you know, they they, they can be competitive, you know, regardless of what they did in the past and their heart is in it, you know, and, and it really, you know, transforms, you know, their life, you know. They have a better better outcome at being productive citizens.
0: mm. James, do you have any anything you'd like to comment on or follow on that? Yes, I, I we have just another webcast. To... We just we have another webcast question, but I'd like to give you an opportunity to follow on that.
2: Thank you. Well, I have a quick one, and then maybe we can go right to that. Just your sense, you know, since it's Justice Week, what your sense of racial justice is in America now is. Is it is it moving forward? What what are the issues in terms of racial justice?
1: Uh, well, racial, I think we're we're kind of a step back, you know, uh, and we we are dealing with you know um, we had a high profile issue with the Trayvon Martin. Now you have a another kid who was killed in back of a police car, you know, and and I, even even you know you having having issues with the Hispanics and you know, African-Americans and the whites, vice versa. But it's like, you know, my my thing is why is it so much hate, you know? Why is it so much, you know, racial profiling, you know, when we all can live in a peaceful society if we all play our role? You know, there, there shouldn't even be a need for being racist or being, you know, oppressed, uh, 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 you know. It, it, it's, we live in a dead time where we need each other, you know. We need each other to support you know we need each other to 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 uplift someone you know we need each other to just live and you know it's kind of ridiculous you know i I really you know can't piggyback on you know racial justice but you know like 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 i just feel you know it's those who's committing these crazy actions you know has been you know uh keeping up this rhetoric you know you know, they're the ones that really need some help, you know. They're the ones that really need to look in the mirror and say, who am I, you know. Do I love myself, you know. If you love yourself, you wouldn't, you know, have an issue with someone. If they're black, brown, white, yellow, it shouldn't matter, you know. And I think that this nation needs to embrace, you know, that and embrace love and peace, you know, and be harmonized, you know, so we can move forward. You know, we will never move forward if the leadership above do not install in, in their country, you know, that we need to break away from it's us against them. It's us. We're one, you know, in the United States of America, you know.
2: Thank you.
0: So hmm. well, I'd like to go ahead and field a, a live caller, and then we'll go back to another web question. Um, I'd like to welcome McDonald from Seattle, and uh, you're live. Welcome.
3: Actually this is Andrea Brennicki. That's my work number. Thank you for taking the call, Molly. Um and Great. thank you DeMaria. Um I, I just by way of quick background, I'm a civil rights and employment lawyer and I've been doing restorative circle work here. Have um been worked been working with um Dominic Barter to learn what he's done in Brazil, and I find myself um, having invested in both both my spiritual work and my professional work and my community organizing and all this on the on on these many dimensions. How do we how do we make this change? How do we make this shift? And recently discovered that a recent shooting in our own community that was gang involved took place with a gang that is based upon the same street. In which I live. And so I'm a neighbor, um, and the insights from that have been tremendous. And I'm wondering from you um, if you can give me some insights. So I am a neighbor, and I recognize the same thing is going on in gangs and neighborhood watches, that we all have an interest in our community. I recognize the lack of economic opportunity and the hopelessness there. And in a really tangible way, I am a neighbor of people who are involved in the gangs and are just as probably impacted by the fact that All of the scrutiny is happening right now. And I'm wondering concretely, you know, what steps you see as being from neighbor to neighbor, things that can be taken. How crazy is it for some white woman to walk over um, where we have an African-American, I think you're probably right about the 20s, you know, early 20s. What advice would you give me? Because I can work through systems, but I recognize that sometimes it's the people-to-people contact. And I think, Right. Walking over and knocking on the door doesn't necessarily make any sense. I've got friends, allies in the community, but I'm wondering really concretely. This is in my neighborhood. I want to do something. I have some skills, but I don't really know where to start.
1: Right. Well, I, I can uh, tell you. First off, I think you know, um, as 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 been impacted by, you know, you, you have to get out there and be grassroots, and you know regardless of, you know, if one neighbor at your door, you know, refuse to help, you know, go to the next. You know, it's going to have to take a community collaborative, and, you know, your your city council has to support and be behind you guys and whatever you're trying to do. You know, uh, law enforcement uh, is a component. Uh, uh, family service is a component, you know, and, and the community is a component. And if, if we're going to actually bring change, you know, we have to, you know, be committed. You know, we have to go door to door. You know, we have to host the community picnics. And we have to give, you know, the community something that interests them first. You know, to, to grab their attention mm-hmm. and then alarm them in and, you know, give them your spill of what you're trying to do for your, for your community. You know, I, I, I'm actually hosting a, 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 a little barbecue uh, next weekend for the, the community I live in, you know, to try to get people more participation. You know, and uh, get them to really stand up. You know, because we just had a murder on Atlantic and at Fifty Third. You know, two weeks ago, and it's been the the third uh, killing within a mile radius in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, we we uh, that's what I'm doing, and I think you should. You know, just you know, stay stay prayerful. You know, uh, uh, knock on the doors. You know, host an event. You know, see who's interested, and you know, you get get your get you a, a handful of people. You guys can. Brandish out uh, with that, you know. But I think the city council and wherever your your local government is, you should present a a plan to them and see what they support it. If not, you know, go to the residents. You know, just need to knock on the doors and mm-hmm. try to get the involvement. You know, from the grassroots level first, then you know go back to city council. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for that excellent question. Thanks, Andrea, for all mm-hmm. your work as well. Mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and open up the lines again. Here, um, have another caller live, uh, Philip from BC. You're live.
4: Hi, thank you. Um, you know, I uh, uh, I'm in Canada, looking into the United States, and I honestly uh, don't really know what's going on in the in in LA there. And uh, I was actually. Uh, kind of dismayed to hear that uh, it, it's a war zone today. And so I, I have no concept of what a gangbanger is. I just, uh, what's happening in that culture, I just uh, don't understand. Because I listened to the speaker yesterday, and I think I I think he was on a couple months ago. And I heard him then, and I just had no understanding of what, what's happening in L.A. and the work that he's doing. And um uh, uh, my question is, is there justice in the United States? Because I, I tell you, when, I, when when we look at the things, I mean, there's some wonderful things going on, but uh, there's some terrible things going on. So I guess that's my question. Is there justice in the United States? Because we look at Wall Street, and that's totally corrupt. We look at the government, and the government is even corrupt. So who, who can you trust? Where is justice?
0: Great question. Uh, Demaria, and then maybe James, if you have some comments, yeah, too. I'll let James
1: take that question. <laughs>
2: um, well, I think you said it, um, Demaria, when I asked you about racial justice, that because of the polarization in the politics here, uh, we are beginning to see more of these public acts. I mean, as Demaria said, a young man young african American man, just a few days ago was shot to death inside a police car. I mean, come on, that doesn't take anybody to tell that you you know you just can't do that that that's that's pure racism, so we we have two things going on. We've got a lot of positive stuff. We've got an African American president. We've got things conversations opening and at the same time almost like battle lines hardening. And uh, clearly the economic factor, as Damari said earlier, is huge when you've got so many young people in their 20s unemployed. It's going to lead to you know lots of issues and problems in society. So, I would say that America is going through some turmoil at this level. We know that America has more prisoners per head of population than any nation on the face of the earth. And that, that, that prison life is now a for-profit you know, industry. So... There are big, big challenges that America has to face in health, in education, in employment, and in the penal system.
0: Mm. Thank you, James. And just to, um, just to illuminate a couple things there, uh, you might want to check out a couple of the different organiza- or corporations, excuse me. For example, the GEO Group and Correctional Corporations of America. Um, and the organization called ALEC are uh, um, primary uh, profit makers in the United States off of um, privatizing the, the prison industrial complex. And, of course, it's important to know the truth and then to use that fuel of the truth to provide the solutions, and, it, and that's what I think James is pointing to, that it's a, a very powerful time in our country, and a powerful time of transformation and possibility, even in in the darkness of some of it. Um, I I know we're getting close to wrapping here. Um, There was somebody on the webcast that I'd really like to acknowledge, uh, even though we may not have time, Demaria, to answer his question. I'd like to just say that Jim uh, from Sonora says, are you interested in hooking up? with various Rotary peacemakers who are trying to create and facilitate peace in our communities here in California, including restorative justice implementation. He says his Rotary district is very interested in your work. So uh, okay. offline, perhaps, maybe I can connect the two of you. Um, so thank you, Jim, for that. And okay. if you wanted to, to make a quick response to that, Demaria, before we go into making it real, um, feel free to.
1: Okay, yeah, I would be a pleasure to link up with uh, Jim, and uh, sometime we have later I can uh, exchange information we can link up and begin a you know, process of, you know, working with each other. And, can you hear me? I think I'm breaking out, but can you hear me?
0: Yeah, can hear you just fine. You're still yeah, with okay. us. Okay. Um, so now now as we uh, come to the top of the hour, we have a few minutes left. Um this is the time when we make it real, and uh, so to speak. And so I'd just like to invite both Demaria and uh, James, if you would like, to also add something. How, how do we bring this, this thing called justice, um, this essence of justice, into our daily lives? How do we make it real? Go ahead first, DeMaria. Uh,
1: Okay. I want to say, and in order to, to make it real, you know, one, have to be honest. One's have to be uh, filled with love, and ones have to be at a peaceful state of mind. You know, uh, and that means, you know, from your household to your workplace, to you know, out there in the community. You know, you have to live by example. You know, you have to uh, really stay on course. You know, at times, you know, we, we, we think of things that we we have to give up. You know, that there's there's nothing in this world that can be changed. You know, about our situation, but if you stay on course, you know, keep God first and, like, institutionalize your own self within peace, love, and harmony, you know. I think, you know, this world, and we can do ourselves some justice first, you know, by being real mm. to ourselves and, you know, being filled with love.
2: Mm. I think Tamari just said it. I can't top mm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really embodying that peace and being the change you know, it's a popular slogan now, but the reality is that DeMarie, in his own inspiring life, is being the change right where it needs to happen, not asking others to do it, but to embodying that honesty, that peace, and that love that he spoke about. And That's the name of the game. We've now simply got to embody all that we talk about. If we did that, Zipty, the world would be transformed we get so preoccupied with pointing the finger at others or preaching to others and not being the message ourselves. And that's, I think, the great inspiration of Damare's life is that he's the real McCoy. He's mm. He embodies all of these virtues and qualities that he's asking his community to pick up. And I think mm. we have just beginning to see his light in the world. This young man is is going to be and will continue to be a great leader. And we need people like this to go into political life. There are too many adolescents in political life. We need men of his quality to say, it's time to change the whole level of morality and ethics and vision in politics. So thank you to Marie. Thank you.
0: hmm mm. Thank you so much, James. And that's such a beautiful bookend for what has been an incredible Justice Week of this Summer of Peace Summit. And uh, don't forget to tune in. Um, Every Sunday there's a special segment and then next week upcoming uh, we're going to be starting with the segment of Urban Peace which is quite appropriate given where we've explored today. Um, You can go to the program schedule if you've already registered to see what's up and coming um, on Sunday uh, David Nickel will be hosting Annette Carlstrom at 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain 9 a.m. Pacific for Spirituality and Peace Sunday with Annette Carlstrom. So it's just been an honor and a, just a, a pleasure and deeply profound for me in all of the moments this week to have shared with you, all of you from around the world that have dialed in or webcasted in. And uh, please do remember, too, again, if you're in the L.A. area, Demaria will be hosting the Giving Back to the Community uh, fundraising event for gangs on November 29th in Long Beach at the Lush Lounge so uh, I just want to deep, deep heartfelt thanks to you, Demaria, and uh, to all of you who've participated this week. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great rest of your day.